Rotations is all about allowing interesting people the opportunity to share their opinions and ideas. Some listeners and viewers may find the ideas and content expressed disturbing or objectionable. Rotations is pre-recorded in front of a live audience. This is my first time at the rotations table. Dude, you don't like being on camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, because well, for Gibson, you were like in the corner. Yeah. He was hiding. Todd put me in the corner. <laughs> you put yourself in the corner. corner. <laughs> you put yourself in a corner. I did, yeah. He did. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Todd Fredericks, uh, Assistant Professor of Family Medicine at the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, and this is a special edition of Rotations. And I'm just—I'm actually going to host this today. And with me today, sweet. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. So that was our, our, our would-be host, Ms. Sarg Bakshi, and we have Lisa Forrester, who is one of our uh, folks integral in the uh, primary care research grant writer and a, a professional journalist, and Brian Plow, who's a co-founder of Media Medicine, uh, a trained filmmaker, documentarian, and a, a, a course a dear friend, as are all the people that work with us on rotations. And as a bit of uh, background, I'm just going to comment that at the end of every Rotations episode, we invite people to give us comments, and we, we like them. Uh, the only rule on that, which we don't really state it, we should, I'll just put it up front, is I don't accept vulgarity. Um, I'm an academic professional, and if you want to comment and you don't like something, uh, don't use any language that your mother wouldn't have washed your mouth out with at five years old, okay? Um, because I don't need vulgarity. What I need is thoughtful ideas, and, and we'll entertain them. And so what happened was we got information relayed to us through an administrator from an individual that took exception with one of the episodes we did that felt that it wasn't reflective of the highest levels of, um, of uh, what we can do as, uh, as an institution or as, as representatives of an institution. And so it gave us pause, and we went through, and we scrubbed everything, and we've talked about it with our folks and made sure that um, we're doing things the right way. Uh, but I think it's informative for people to understand what we're trying to accomplish with, with rotations. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to give you an explanation of the evolution of this, of this product and uh, how we developed this, uh, this exercise or experiment in student medical journalism. And I think the best place to start out with is with my friend Brian Plow, and he can tell us a little bit of media medicine. So, Brian, how did we develop media medicine, and, w and what was the concept behind it? Well, media medicine, I think the core foundation is a, a recognition of uh, the power of storytelling in a number of different, you know, research contexts or discoveries and how storytelling really is, is, has a place at the table um, when not only just developing projects, but then also disseminating or making those, that knowledge accessible. So this is an interdisciplinary endeavor that you and I started, you know, three years ago. And, you know, we have a number of different projects and a number of different phases in development, but all of them share that core principle. And furthermore, um, you know, just over the process of working on these projects and bringing people to it, and which has been pretty steady, you know, over the, the last three years, um, integrity, accuracy, um, and a strong level of mutual respect for a diverse range of ideas. And those are our core principles. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's, you know, Rotations was created with those in place 
just like Veterans Project was previously. Yeah, and, and, the, and the projects we go on in the future, too. And I think it's important at this time that we also highlight some other people. Kelly Nottingham is our Director of Primary Care Research here. Sebastian Diaz, who's a big data analytics guy. Liz Beverly, who does work in qualitative analysis. The stuff that we do in and around media medicine and any products we do is backed by a lot of people with letters who really take seriously what they're doing and are very scrutinizing about how we analyze our data and, and what we're trying to accomplish in the realm of medical education and trying to develop products that are meaningful and have, uh, have good value for people, as well as uh, not just the, the public at large, but the scientific community to learn from how we use translational uh, research and education and how we use media as a way of educating people. And so I think that leads me into Nasarg. Nasarg, tell us about how rotations developed. Yeah, so um, around February of last year is when I started thinking about what, what I wanted to do this summer, over the summer between first and second year of med school. And we have a program here called uh, Research and Scholarly Advancement. Fellowship? Foundation? Arts RSAF. It doesn't matter. It's RSAF. Yeah. It's, everything's it's an RSAF. acronym. Yeah. Everything is an acronym. <laughs> that's, your, that's your out. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, as part of that, we get like this list of, of different professors who are working on, on different sorts of research. And Dr. Fredericks is on the list uh, for his work with a documentary that uh, was produced by Media and Medicine, um, the Veterans Project, which was which is really good. Uh, and uh, like the last sentence of that was like, you know, if, if students have an idea for another media project, uh, I would be open to that, open to that as well. Um, and I love listening to podcasts, and I really enjoy the the medium. I think it's something useful for med students to have, um, just because we don't really have time to sit there and like watch stuff, you know. So, you know, I approached him, and, and we decided to sort of explore different uh, aspects of medicine that you can't really get in the classroom. And I think that was the goal, um, and that that's something that I think we've done a pretty good job of so far, at least, um, just to try to get introduce new ideas, uh, introduce different people in the field that, again, you really can't get it in like a lecture format. Um, so that's kind of how rotations came about. That's the goal that we had. Uh, we, you know, uh, neither of us really had made a podcast before. So it was kind of uh, figuring all these steps out uh, as, as we did them pretty much. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much what, uh, what happened there. And Nasarga, as a, a product of that process. I mean, we we uh, collected a lot of interviews. I mean, Brian mm-hmm. still has stuff on hard drives. We've got a lot of people we spoke to. Nassar really front-loaded this last summer with a lot of different interviews. And so because we all have day jobs at the university, whether we're teaching or Nassar's trying to get through medical school or Lisa's writing grants or whatever, we, we produce an episode a week because we thought that was a reasonable pace to be able to keep up with things. But don't don't misunderstand. There is tons of content. And so you may hear something that is out of sequence of another interview that gives a differing opinion. But really, the point was, Nassarg, what, what was the outcome of your experience with rotations, the culmination of that? That's a big question. This is also weird being on the interviewee side. I'm usually <laughs> yeah. the one asking the questions. <laughs> yeah. This is harder. Um, in terms of the outcome, I think for me personally, um, you just need to, to talk c- about nap crack. I'm giving, I'm giving, throwing the bone. So you can tell you whatever <laughs> you want, but then I'll talk about nap crack. I'll take it there. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. In terms of the outcome, personally, uh, just getting to know a lot of different, like subfields within medicine, just kind of learning about like all these things that are going on that you don't really hear about quite as much that uh, are just interesting. That people are kind of finding innovative and, and creative ways to sort of advance medicine in ways that I didn't really know about. Um, so that was something that we wanted to do, and I think that's something that I wanted to sort of broadcast out via the podcast. Um, and in terms of how it helped in, in like the med school side of things, um, I presented an app, Craig, like you were uh, like you were alluding to there, um, which is the North American Primary Care Research Group. 
Um, and they had a conference in Montreal. And so we were able to get a poster together and present it there. And um, it was it was really good. I think that people who are interested in the project because it's something that that a lot of people kind of saw as like a need almost that like, okay, this is something that, you know, we do all this research, like all these people do all these things, but how many people read like journals, you know, or how many people really go in depth of like, okay, hey, I did this project. Hey, that's really cool. Let me read through it. Like how much exposure do all these projects get? So I think that that's why they were so interested in, okay, what, what's going on with this podcast? You know, how can, you know, how can we uh, use something like this or, or even not even necessarily a podcast, whether whatever means may be, but how can we disseminate our, our work and, and the things that we're doing in a way that's not just for people that subscribe to the journal or, or, or check their website, but people that are just interested in the field and, and um, not necessarily doctors or PhDs, but um, just people that are interested. That was kind of a long-winded answer, but no, think... it's, it's perfect and it's informative. And um, what people can't see who are listening is on my whiteboard. I do everything on a whiteboard because my brain's so scattered. I got to remind myself of stuff. But you'll find um, next to uh, a, a, a stool called strategy, which is a military thing, and ends ways in me. Something that says inform and inspire, and that is what guides us at rotations. We're not here to change policy. We're not here to tell you what to think. We're here to inform you and inspire you. Um, because we want to be informed and inspired. And even if that is um, something that is dogmatically disagreed with by the scientific community or something that people find objectionable or, or for use a common parlance triggers them, our intent is not to be afraid of that. Our intent is to listen to someone, hear what they have to say, and let you who listen to this make your own informed decisions. And that's why you have a chance to comment if you take the time to do that and tell us, hey, I think that was crazy or I think that was really good. That doesn't happen enough, and I encourage people to do that. But Inform and Inspire leads me to Lisa because Lisa spent her life, at least a good chunk of it, as a journalist. And so I wanted Lisa to comment a little bit on her thoughts about doing medical journalism or journalism in general and what she thinks about the process of rotations. And so, Lisa, why don't you, why don't you give us your, your professional opinion? Well, one of the things that struck me about rotation, rotation so far as I've listened to the interviews is there's a diverse group of people practicing in the medical field, in health professions. They, have, they come from different backgrounds. They have different beliefs. Um, and what struck me is the stories that they tell about mm -hmm how they chose to go into this um, area or specialty versus another one, and the questions that led them and down certain directions, certain paths, and how it has affected and influenced their research to their career choices. And it's those stories, right? And as you medical students go out and practice, you're going to run across all these different kinds of people, and you're going to need to know how to talk with them and relate with them and have civil conversations and there's going to be a lot of disagreement about different you're going to have different perspectives and you're going to come at things in a different way and yet you have to work as a team in the health professions and I think one of the things that's really beneficial about rotations is it's a long platform so it's not like this quickie interview that you do where you only get a quick soundbite you have this more in-depth um time to where you can go in depth and really learn more about the individual again what motivates them what drives them not just the the nice sweet pat little soundbite so I, at least from my perspective that's one of the benefits that come out of rotations again you're pulling from a really diverse group and so far the interviews that you've had and the topics and the subject matter has been 
a broad range. So it's been really interesting. And I like the idea that there's an opportunity for people to provide their feedback. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to engage with the rotations folks and have those conversations with other people who listen, there's a platform for that. And so I would strongly encourage people to come to the site, put your comments down, let's have a conversation. And if you have new ideas, share those. Mm -hmm. And we do get emails and tweets and stuff on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to point out is that um, we're not we're intellectually uh, curious people. We're academics. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, my confirmation bias comes out of a lot of things, not the least of which was being a young 20 year old living in divided Berlin and understanding what the secret police of East Germany did to information and Orwell, you know, I'm a fan of Orwell, and looking at, are we afraid to hear ideas? Um, Lisa and I had an interesting conversation about at what point do you put something on that just seems so far out there? It's difficult, but it's not impossible. I mean, educated, scientifically-minded people can can say, that's just, you know, we didn't land on the moon, really? I mean, we can see the sights from the, from, uh, with a telescope. I mean, that's pretty hard to prove. But things where people make an assertion and say, look, these are things that we find compelling or interesting that the general community isn't really looking at. We really think we should question this. That's in the spirit of scientific endeavor and inquiry. And I think it's important that we teach medical students to be willing to entertain the, the things that do challenge their confirmation biases, at least to listen to it and say, what does the preponderance of evidence show and is there something to this? Um, and to that extent, Brian, I want to ask you as we go around one more time, as a documentarian, how do you maintain integrity in your craft in terms of treating your subjects in a way that, that accurately portrays who they are and what they are without bending to your own preconceived notions uh, when you do that stuff? Right. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting that, Lisa, you're also here because your, your background is in journalism and what is like, what's the holy grail in journalistic practice? Objectivity, right? I thought it was a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe you get that through. But but objectivity... Well, fairness now is, I think, is more what okay. we talk about. Okay. But um, in the documentary world, uh, we've completely abandoned the notion of objectivity. It doesn't exist. And if you start from that point and simply say, well, I mean, I... I have to acknowledge where I'm coming from in my interactions with this individual through the portrayal of them and their story, then that's a good place to be. And to do that, there's several different ways in which that takes form and shape. You might even have reflexive documentary where the filmmaker is in the film and there's an acknowledgement of that relationship. But oftentimes, it's not that explicit, not that visible. It's embedded within the story, and you have to trust yourself. And also, if you just boil it down to the everyday sort of um, nuts and bolts of, of daily practice of putting together a documentary, sometimes it's as simple as language. So instead of your documentary, the person who's in the documentary being a subject, subject to, they're your partner. You know, they're, it's their story. They're partnering with you to tell it, and that puts you in a different mental space. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point, I mean, you're always making editorial decisions that are that exist within you and always have some sort of embedded interpretation or comment. Um, but you just have to try to keep that idea right in the forefront of your thinking as who this person is, trust yourself, 
and um, and and move forward, but also always acknowledge that you, your fingerprints are going to be all over that. Yeah, and yeah. and I think also giving the audience credit to make some choices and evaluate what's been presented as whether it's truthful or it's not, or mm-hmm. if fits that their frame of reference. Um, so don't be afraid to approach controversial topics that might challenge some ideas or thoughts as well. Yeah, I, I would bring that. Brian, do you have something else to say, Brian? No, I'm just going to agree. Okay, so Nisarg, as a part of this process, has it changed you in terms of how you approach from the beginning of this conceptually to now where you're at? How has this process changed you in terms of how, how you look at individuals with something to say and information in general? Can you comment about that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty opinionated. And, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, and Dr. Fredericks knows this because a lot of those opinions are, you know, we, we disagree on a lot. But I think it, the hardest part, I think, of, of interviewing someone you disagree with is treating them like you agree with them. Just to, like, give them the opportunity to say what they need to say because, I mean, I could be wrong. You know, I think that a lot of times we get so entrenched in what we think and what we believe and the things that we've seen and, and kind of forget that, okay, there's other things out there that – you know, this person believes this because of what they've experienced, you know, so kind of opening yourself up to that um, is something that I had to do as we were interviewing guests that, you know, either I fully agreed with or I fully disagreed with. I, I found it challenging um, to treat them the exact same way. Like we, we try to give everyone a fair platform, a, a fair opportunity to say what, you know, whatever they believe and whatever they think. Um, and I think that in, in terms of growth, uh, yeah, just it, it, going from someone who is super opinionated and saying, okay, this is exactly what I think to allowing myself to say, okay, I could be wrong. You know, I, I, you could change my mind and, and knowing that that's okay and allowing uh, myself to be like vulnerable to that. Um, that was, that was something that I learned from, from just producing and, or from interviewing all these different people with all, you know, a diverse set of beliefs is, yeah, just kind of saying that, okay, like, just because you disagree with me doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong. Can I add something to that? Please do, Brian. Yeah, because yeah, uh, editing these episodes from week to week, what I've noticed is, um, on your part, Nisarg, mm-hmm. is a, a really strong growth in terms of ha- your a- ability to work with somebody in a really highly, delicately nuanced level to allow for that openness. But also what I've seen in you is the ability to be appropriately critical. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you are always, in a, in a very respectful way, challenging the guest mm-hmm. to go beyond the superficial and to challenge them to articulate what, what their, either their position or their experience so that we can go deeper. And you're doing that in a very, very professional and, and, and artful way. Thanks. Yeah, it took practice. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I wasn't very good at it at the beginning, but I think as but yeah, as, as, every time we go, it just it, I feel like it gets it gets better and better. And so I can, yeah. I, you know, I just want to add that. Yeah, thank you. Right, and it and not in a combative way, right? Mm-hmm. Which which now shuts down the conversation. So you actually open it up to having a deeper, richer conversation. Yeah, and I, I think that um, when you challenge someone, there is that risk of it turning emotional. You know, and that that's. There's no point to that. Then you, people just get upset, and then the conversation just falls by the wayside. And in all of our interviews, has that ever happened? Not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe a guest has a different opinion, but as far as I know, I think that we've been pretty good about it. I, I think we've been – I mean, this is, uh, of course – uh, okay, so yeah, I produced this, right? So 
But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a millennial. I'm an old, middle-aged, burned-out doctor. And so I value Nisarg because – and the reason why we wanted this and the reason why we work with young people in media medicine is because we realize that we're biased by our own generational uh, experiences. Having young people that participate in this gives us a different perspective. And I have noticed that no matter what topic we've talked about, we have a good time. We get to listen yeah. to people, and our assumption is is that these are thoughtful people, and they are intelligent people, and most of them have pretty high degrees, and they sit back, and they've studied, and they really think honestly and with a high level of integrity that what they're talking about is meaningful and important, regardless of what perspective they come from. And so I think that if nothing else, we have provided, as Lisa kind of alluded to, you turn on the TV and people scream at each other. You come here, and you're going to hear someone be able to articulately express their opinion and be challenged to some degree, but that's not the point. The point is, is if we need to challenge them, we'll find an opposing view, let them come on, drink coffee, joke around a little bit, and say, why do you come in on this science? Yeah. Um, I would just say, um, as we come to a close on this, uh, some things that rotation is not. Rotations is not... Uh, of course, an official or unofficial voice for OU or Ohio University HCOM or Scripps. And we acknowledge that. That will be clear in the outros from here on out. We're also, I think, going to put an intro that says, look, you can be offended by what we say. Uh, we're also going to put in the show notes uh, descriptions of each thing. So if it's something about allied health professionals, great. If it's something that seems somewhat controversial, we're going to put that in the show notes. So if you don't want to listen to something controversial, you can just say this could be controversial. Read the show notes and, before you listen because you may not like what you hear. Um, it's not our job to determine or censor what is good or bad. It is our job to try to find interesting guests, people that we think are kind of interesting to listen to or yeah. they reread their books or or we, we just want to hear what they have to say. Um, and I guess the last thing is, is now the rotations has gone beyond Nasarg's initial research project. Nasarg is going to be leaving and going to his third year of medical school. But I we can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know what you're getting into yet. Uh, but but Nasarg will continue to be a producer of this program and an advisor because we're going to interview three kids this year and we're going to audition them and they're going to be hosts as well. And we're going to have the same expectations for them that at the end of the year we find out what their growth was, what the, what the experience was like for them to learn how to do things in a different way and to find content that's interesting to them. Uh, and to that extent, uh, I promise you that as educators, our job is, as Brian's alluded to, as Lisa has, to maintain professional integrity. Uh, I would say, I, I'm going to speak for maybe they'll chime in, but we're not censoring stuff. I mean, we don't cut and paste based upon what we like. We, we try to give people a fair shake. And again, the encouragement goes out that if you hear something and you say, I disagree with that, but I have a friend or an acquaintance or someone I read that really has a different opinion, Tell us. We'll be more than happy to try to reach out to him, get him to come on, and have him express their opinion. Any final or closing comments while I cough uncontrollably? <laughs> <laughs> Brian? Well, um, thanks for being gentle with me in my first appearance on Rotations. That's yeah, really Brian nice does of you. It. Brian's a film, you know, a true filmmaker and, cam and cinematographer by they never want to be in front of a camera. And we've got four cameras rolling right now. So <laughs> I'm terrified. Yeah. Good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. By, by the way, Brian has defined himself as a post-production supervisor now. So he's, he's even elevating himself above editor. He's yeah. hiding even deeper in the I've editing given, suite. I've given myself a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> Nisarg, any final thoughts? Uh, no, it's just like, this is supposed to be something fun and interesting. Um, I, you know, I hope that people listening don't get, you know, offended or, or, you know, I guess triggered might be the more appropriate word. Um, and if you do, like, reach out to us. We're always happy to listen. Um, but really, it's just to expose people to new ideas and, and stuff that you might not get just on sort of mainstream media. 
and Nasarg will be back. We're going to, a couple times a year, we're going to reach out to him. Yeah. Part of this is, what's it like being a medical student? So Nasarg's going to come on, and we'll t- video telecon with him, and we'll say, what's going on in the third year? How, what have you learned? How I got to pass boards first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Lisa? I've just been really surprised by how well... Uh, the podcast has done the kind of guests that you've managed to bring in to yeah, this show. <laughs> I mean, I thought you guys would just be wandering up and down the hall, going, "Please, somebody, can we talk about something?" But no, you've pulled in some really top rank, top notch folks, and had these conversations. I've been stunned, and again, just the way you've handled the interviews, I think it's gone really well. The topics are interesting. I don't always agree with everybody who's on, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And. So I'm I'm just been really really excited to be a part of it, um, to and to see how it's grown. Yeah, and I do want to give a shout out to Elisa who made our website. And I think initially oh, she's a genius. She's awesome. And initially, when I was like reaching out to people, they were like, "Oh yeah, whatever, you're starting a podcast." But then like we had the website, we had the logo, we look legit. That's, That's when I, we started pulling people. It's all about looking legit, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's all yeah. <laughs> Nothing changed besides the website. <laughs> Well, okay, so that, that that's uh, the that's all I got to say, and I think it's been well spoken. So, uh, for the individual that felt compelled to make comments, um, I I challenge you if you have comments in the future, please directly email us. We'd be happy to entertain anything that is given to us in a sensible and non-vulgar way. Uh, and vulgar again is defined by if your mother would have washed your mouth out at five, you probably shouldn't put it in your email. But if you have anything else to say, we can take it. We have thick skins, and we'll be more than happy to respond in a polite way and say, let's fix this or let's change it in a way that gives more people people more ideas. Um, but at this point, we're going to uh, close off. We'll go find some more content to, to produce and make it something interesting for you to spend your time with us on. Thank you. Rotations is the weekly podcast of all things medicine and science and is part of the media and medicine family of medical storytelling. The opinions and comments expressed on Rotations do not reflect the official or unofficial positions of Ohio University, the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, or the Scripps College of Communications. Guests on Rotations are interviewed in an unopposed fashion so that their ideas and opinions can be freely expressed. Rotations is hosted by Nisarg Bakshi, produced by Todd Fredericks, audio engineered by Kyle Snyder, and video edited by Brian Fowle. Rotations is co-hosted by a league of champions of all things medical and a few people we pull off the streets. Rotations is copyrighted, and while we welcome citations, tweets, Facebook likes, and other endorsements via word of mouth and social media, we reserve all rights to content. You may use Rotations content under the provisions of Creative Commons, but you cannot alter or edit the content in any matter without express permission of the content creators, and you must cite the Rotations as a source of any content derived from the podcast. We welcome any comments, and you can contact us by emailing us at rotationspodcast at gmail.com, tweeting us at rotationspcast, or by visiting mediainmedicine.com backslash rotations.